there's a man who has tried to make a difference out of a terrible situation for quite some time. I know Mark Lindquist. I've known him for some time. He He's a friend. Uh, this is a guy that, that served this country in uniform, has stood up and sang its country's national anthem at, at events that hundreds of thousands of people have attended. Uh, and yet he volunteers his time. In fact, we're going to find him in Ukraine. Mark, good to have you back on News and Views. Joel, great to uh, be back with you, my friend. Boy, it just kind of seems like the wheels are coming off of, of sanity these days. I hear you with that lead in there. And, um, you know, in that world, I guess you're right. You know, the only logical thing to do for me is to try to do whatever you can to make it better. Well, and you are. Uh, tell people where you're at right now and what you're doing. I'm in Ukraine, same place I've been for almost two years now on this volunteer mission over here to, you know, help preserve the cause of freedom on Earth. Uh, in what we call the eastern edge of the free world and, and continue to do that work that I think many people back in the Red River Valley know and have heard about. And, and how are you doing that, Mark? What What are the actions? You know, it, it, it's the same playbook that we've had since the very beginning. Collect some money back home from Americans who have a little bit of excess and continue to supply the military units and the civilians here in this country who, who um, are wanting for quite a bit. You know, there, there are... Uh, Still challenges with getting the proper supply to military units. So we'll buy a set of snow tires for the evac team, um, you know, that's doing medical evacuations. We'll do tourniquets. We'll do uh, vehicles if they if they've gotten uh, blown up. Um, and we're also, you know, supporting civilians. I'm a, a campaign fundraiser now where we're trying to buy a concrete 3D printer for a construction outfit out here that can build houses and rebuild homes. For about half the price that a, a you know traditional stick home does, so continue to uh, raise money and, and and help where help is needed. So talk to me about what the circumstances are on the ground. You've spent two years there. You know people. You, you, these people yeah. are your friends. Yeah. They're they're your family now. <laughs> what is what is life like in Ukraine? Life for the civilians trying to carry on is normal. You know, this is a, a, a uh, an economy that has contracted that is uh, considered about the, the same contraction that we had during the Great Depression. You know, uh, um, when people seven million people leave the country and and twenty percent of your land is taken over by the Russians, you know, the economic situation is dire over here. But people are continuing to try to go to work and, and do what they can. And everybody I know. As a part of their household budget, if you're a civilian, they're donating whatever they can to the Army because they know that if the Army loses uh, out on the front lines, then, you know, they, they, they won't have their way of life anymore. As far as the front lines go, uh, the story is much the same. It's a lack of supply. It's a lack of the world's willingness to give them the long-range missiles and, and artillery that is needed to push them back out of the occupied areas. And so um, it... it, it it's been a long haul. You know, two years of war uh, uh, would wear on anybody. So what is the attitude in terms of the, the public that you've gotten to know, the, the men and women, the citizens of Ukraine, in regards to how the war is going? How do they feel it's going? When I talk to my friends over here, you know, I think we all had a lot of uh, high expectations for the spring and then summer offensive last year. Uh, and then we saw the front lines not move very much. And so... Um, you know, you know me, Joel, I'm a positive guy and like to look at a glass half full, but, but we'll be honest, it, it hasn't been as uh, encouraging as we'd like because 
how do you take over fortified land that's been occupied for two years when there's trenches, when there's um, minefields? There's an area of Ukraine that is mined with landmines the size of Florida. And so it's very hard to push back uh, and, and retake that land. And so people are becoming maybe more weary than I heard them last year. Um, and especially with the, with the cloud of the elections in America going on, not knowing what the certainty of continued American support will be in the future. Um, it is as if there were a 9-11 in America every day. And if you did that for two years, um, that's, a, that's a hard life. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons that I was glad that, that I could reach out to you and be able to talk to you about this because, you know, the, the issue has come up in America. You have you have two candidates that are, are running for president, one supporting NATO, the other not uh, supporting NATO, one supporting funding for Ukraine, one not supporting funding for Ukraine. Any poll you look at one given day, one's ahead and the other isn't. Uh, you know, and it's flopped in the next poll. You see, not that polls are the all mm-hmm. indicator here, but uh, what? Are, how close are the people of Ukraine following this election? Uh, extremely closely. In fact, I'll give you a little anecdote that uh, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but I think it's also very uh, insightful. Sitting there uh, at a dinner with a local Ukrainian, and he said, "Mark, you know, I think the biggest problem we have in Ukraine is the Mexicans." And I said, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? But he was so in tune with American politics and what's going on and the arguments being made. He understood that the, the, the argument that no border security and war support for Ukraine without border security in America is the argument, of course, of the people opposing Ukraine aid. Um, the people in Ukraine are probably more up to date on what's going on in Washington about this issue than people in America, because you know, we, we hold the purse strings that will guarantee their, their security. Um, and people are very nervous. Just two days ago, I had a conversation with a local Ukrainian who's very nervous about the 2024 election. But, of course, the bill that just passed the Senate, of course, hangs in the balance as well. Because we know that without American military support, you know, EU gave $50 billion, but that's not a lot of military support. Without American military support... Um, we just don't have enough out here for the front lines. Yeah, ton of messages coming in for Mark Lindquist. Uh, a lot that say just this. Thank you, Mark, for all you do. More people in this world should be like Mark Lindquist, and the world would be a much better place. There you go. Mark Lindquist, live from Ukraine. Good to have you on, buddy. Uh, what What is the – I mean, in terms of the attitude about – America backing out of supporting Ukraine in their war against Russia. Is there a fear that that's going to happen? You know, I I asked a a similar question to a local Ukrainian two days ago, and I said, you know, are Ukrainians becoming sour on Americans because of our lack of action in Congress? And, And the answer from him and others I've spoken to is no. You know, they are eternally grateful for what uh, we've given so far and the support we've shown but there, of course, of course, there's a nervous feeling that if this next round of funding doesn't pass, if we don't get anything done in Congress to uh, to provide further support, um, you know, these Ukrainians are insightful. They understand history, and they say that this will be historically one of the biggest mistakes that America will have made as the leader of the free world, because now you're showing the world that America, if you just wait us out, you can beat us. Um, and that scares us all. 
that, that maybe maybe our support is over, um, and now it's going to be left up to the rest of the free world, the EU and others, uh, and that's going to be a hard run. You know, we, we need American military hardware over here and support from from our our, our uh, our military capability. Mark, I'm going to share with you a text, and I hope I'm not getting set up here. But uh, it says, does Mark have any contact with the Azov Battalion, and can he speak about Operation Gal uh, Deal? Gal Deal. Uh, Azov are great fighters, and they deserve respect. Does any of that ring a bell, Mark? Uh, I don't know about the situation they're talking about, but I, I've supported Azov and the Azov Battalion's out here since the well, probably May of 2022, you know, and I met with them, gone to their training exercises. Of course, Americans, you know, that are anti-Ukraine, they try to show uh, pictures of Azov, you know, as Nazis. That's insane. Um, so I, I stand with them and the fighters that you would stand with Delta Force. You would stand with U.S. Navy SEALs, just like I stand with the Azov folks. I love those guys. So, Mark, speak to the people right now that believe that America shouldn't continue funding. There, there are a group of people out there that, that actually, and I have text messengers send this in. I have a one text messenger that consistently texts in bashing the current administration, and he supports Russia in this war. I mean, speak to those individuals about how ridiculous it is. I'll use that word. You don't have to, to be supporting Russia in this war. I was just talking with a uh, U.S. Navy uh, officer, veteran, Apache pilot, smart guy, went to MIT, Harvard. You know, we talk about these things all the time. He's been over here in Ukraine with me before. And our discussion was, what is our responsibility as America with the strongest military on the planet? What, what is our responsibility as a superpower and the responsibility as leader of the free world? And there's this growing segment in society in America who believes that if it happens elsewhere on earth, that we should stay out of it. And to me and to us in our discussion, I mean, that leaves a huge leadership void on earth if America doesn't step up. So, you know, I would challenge that person who, who is arguing against supporting Ukraine in Congress and with our, our funds. I don't think you've read the founding documents the way that I've read them, because Thomas Paine said, that the cause of America is the cause of all mankind. Well, what is the cause of America? The cause of America, I believe, is freedom, is, is the rule of law, the inalienable rights of man. Here in Ukraine, you have those things. You have freedom. In many ways, I have more freedom living and working in Ukraine than I do in America, because in America, we got so many laws and so many rules and, and 240 years of them. If this territory, Ukraine, becomes Russia, that is... That is not freedom. Russia does not allow the people to live free, and, 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 and freedom of speech does not exist there. You know, a, freedom, a free Internet it does not exist there in the way that we understand it. That is a dictatorship called by another name. That is a dictator that calls himself president, but he acts just like the dictators of the past, the Hitler of our time. So I think there's a severe lack of understanding about the way of life in Ukraine versus the way of life in Russia. If you are a freedom-loving American and support Russia, I think you're confused. Do, do the Ukrainian people that you talk to fear loss of support from other NATO countries, or is it just the United States? Uh, well, 
I, I don't think they maybe fear that as much because the EU and the UK has remained steadfast in their support. We're always hearing about new, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from different NATO countries, specifically the Baltic states are, are, are steadfast. Um, but I think the greatest worry is the lack of American support because it's the major portion of the pie. Um, and, you know, we have been the largest military and the largest expenditures on military for, for decades running. It hasn't been the European countries. Um, and so the ones that have the capability to do it and do it best is us. And so I personally worry about it. I worry if the wrong people get elected and the wrong people vote the wrong way. Um, that uh, I, I, I don't think you can hold off a, a Russian army that's willing to throw human lives at the front lines at any cost um, with support of the new axis of evil of Iran and, and North Korea, China, and now Russia. How, um, how close did these, the Ukrainian people follow this hypocrisy? And those are my words uh, that, hey, any legislation that involves aid to Ukraine must include uh, dealing with the southern border. Then that legislation comes forward and they kill that. And they say, well, we've already got the power to do that. Then they come back. And when I say they, I'm talking about the House Republicans and certain Senate Republicans. And they say, well, wait a second. Any aid to Ukraine again needs to have a solution to the southern border. So it's like a yo-yo. They're, they're, you know, they're pushing out. They're pulling it back, pushing it out. I mean, do, do they follow that? Do they understand what's going on here? I mean, I, I think maybe that level of detail is a little bit in the weeds for the local uh, conversations that I've had, but certainly they know that one issue is being tied to the other. And, you know, I've had conversation with Ukrainian friends over here that it seems quite ridiculous to think that a border being overrun by the second or third largest military on Earth armed with tanks, rockets, missiles, and, and you know, kamikaze drones is the same as our southern border. It's just very politically convenient to make that as a soundbite argument. Um, they, th these border conflicts are not the same. This is a sovereign territory being overrun by an army and occupied, and the people left in those occupied areas are being forced to have Russian passports. Okay. It's not one and the same, and Ukrainians understand that. Mark, if people want to aid your cause, uh, tell them where to go. What's your website? I've got about 10 seconds here. As always, markjlindquist.com, markjlindquist.com. We got a 501c3. Be honored if you donated some, some money to our cause. Keep thanks. doing what you're doing, Mark, and thanks for always answering when we call. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Yep. Mark, mark Lindquist, ladies and gentlemen.